Welcome once again to Run Out Radio. Run Out Radio brought to you by Tiger Products. Tiger Products, you need the X shaft or if you need just about any tip you can think of, see our friends Tony and Corey at Tiger Products. We're also brought to you by Predator Cues. You know all about Predator. It's better to be Predator than prey. And, of course, we're also brought to you by Simonis Cloth. Simonis, they've had this game covered for 400 years. Hello, everyone. I'm Jerry Forsyth alongside Mike Howerton. And, Mike, that intro's got me out of breath. I need you to tell us what went on this past week. Well, it's it's been more than a week. It's been a while. We've been busy. Um, God, I can't even... It must have been three or four weeks since we've, since we've done a show. I've yeah. started to get emails from people saying, Hey, what's the deal with you guys? So, here we are. Uh, been a lot happening. Let's see. I think... Uh, I think you and I were both gone right about the same time. You were off at Turning Stone, and I was in Seattle watching the the ladies of the WPBA regional circuit playing. Uh, you want to tell us about Turning Stone? It was great. This was my first visit to Turning Stone, and I'd heard it was a, a, a good event and a wonderful property. It, 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 it really is. The Turning Stone Casino is uh just it just became my favorite casino. It um, it's it's nice, clean, it's new, it's uh, uh, easy to get around in, and the food is fantastic. And Mike Zuglin, boy, does he throw a great tournament. Um, he doesn't uh, take any um, mm, let's call it gruff from anyone. <laughs> he runs a very strict tournament. You play it by Mike's rules, or you don't play, <laughs> but uh, they're fair rules. And uh, everybody looks forward to it. I got to ride out there with uh, uh, Johnny Archer and Stevie Moore, and they were saying, oh, yeah, this is one of our favorite events of all time. This thing is great. And uh, it really was a great event. Of course, it uh, it all came out on our uh, live streaming. The tournament came down to where the, the local favorite, Dennis Hatch, uh, was playing against uh, Ralph Suquet. But, Dennis had a, a great tournament. He, he tore up some people. He beat uh, Karen Core. He beat Mika Eminen. Um, he beat uh, Daryl Peach. Uh, he was just rolling right along until he faced Ralph. Uh, Ralph was unbelievable. Uh, Ralph Suquet beat uh, Mika Eminen 9-2, to two, I believe it was, and um, it wasn't even that close. Ralph was just on his game. So... There was nobody that was going to beat Ralph. Ralph did wind up winning the event. Um, but uh, hats off to Dennis Hatch for the performance he put out that week. And hats off also to Mike Zuglin. Uh, great event, Mike. Uh, we look forward to doing another one with you in August. Dennis Hatch is uh, its interesting. I mean, on the regular Joss Tour stops for the last probably six to eight months, he has dominated uh, that tour, I mean, when he shows up, walks in the door, it seems like the other players are, are jockeying for second place. And I spoke to him six months ago when he was at Turning Stone and he had gotten a big win against somebody. And I know how hard he wants to win one of those Turning Stone events. And it, it must have killed him to get that close and then run into Ralph. And I mean, I'm sure that there are many a pool player who's ran into Ralph in the finals of a tournament and just pulled their hair out over it. Yeah, but i got to tell you, he took the loss uh, with a lot of grace. Dennis has matured uh, very, very nicely, and uh, I was impressed with uh, everything about him. 
that week. But um, enough about Turning Stone. How are things out in the grand state of Washington that week? It was nice. Uh, we were at Parlor Billiards in Bellevue, Washington. It's just outside of Seattle. Parlor Billiards is a, is a gorgeous room. Um, it's kind of a combination pool room, nightclub, comedy club. Um, so, you know, the only downside was we had to start wee hours of the morning at 9 a.m. to start matches on Saturday because the owners had to have the pool tournament done by about 7 o'clock Saturday night. As it started to get closer and closer to that time, the place was really starting to get packed. And and I can understand why he would not want to lose that business. But uh, great food there. Uh, the wait staff took amazing care of us. Uh, Chris Rogers and Ford, who no one knows Ford's last name. He's just Ford. Uh, they all ran the tournament. Uh, real fun tournament. Regional Tour Championship. Uh, there are some changes coming up with this event on the WPBA scene, and I know that some of the uh, some of the players have complained that with as much emphasis as will be placed on the regional tour championship, it's kind of not fair. And and do the best players really come out on top of that event? But I can guarantee you, the best players came out on top of that event. Um, Bonnie Plowman was playing real well. Morgan Steinman was playing real well. Uh, Ming Ng, who's been part of, you know, on and off the WPBA scene for, God, 15 years, it seems. Uh, Nicole Keeney from Colorado, she was playing outstanding pool. Really, all four of those players were in it there till the very end. It came down to Nicole and Ming. Nicole had been bumped to the one-loss side by Ming earlier in the event, and it just seemed to... It seemed to have an effect on her game, but it was a good effect, because... She she just kind of focused into herself and focused in on her game. Uh, Nicole seemed to play better once she got on the one lost side. Um, she played like someone who was there on a mission. You know, I'm not interested in, in beating the best girls. I'm not interested in, in doing well. I'm interested in winning the tournament. And she, she made that very clear, not by what she said, but by her actions. Um, she did seem to fade a little bit at the end. I, sus- I suppose that playing all of Sunday on the one-loss side would do that to you. Uh, yeah. Ming really, her game was, was a notch above everybody else's, and she was a very deserving champion. And it'll be interesting to see how she does uh, in 2009 on the WPBA Tour, now that she's won paid spots into each event. Yeah, it will be interesting. And, you know, before we go along any further in this show, I want to tease our listeners because we've got some pretty interesting guests coming up a little bit later. We're going to be talking to Dawn Hopkins. She's the new president of the WPBA. And we're going to be talking to Blair Thane. And Blair is the, uh, what you call it, inventor, I guess? Creator. of the uh, Yeah, creator. There you go. Blair is the creator of uh, Pool, Poker, and Pain, uh, whereby... Uh, people will play pool against one another, then they'll play poker against one another, then they're going to go in a cage and knock the crap out of one another. <laughs> so uh, he's coming right along with that, and he's going to give us uh, an update on how he's doing. So that's a little bit later. Do stay tuned for that. You don't want to miss it. I did, uh, you know, going back to the Turning Stone thing, I-, I was very impressed by some of the WPBA players that made it out there and played. Uh the, the ladies always seem to do well in that event. 
Uh, they do, and uh, <laughs> I can tell you the men never get used to it. <laughs> um, I mean, you you can the names that have been around for a while that have been beating the men for a while, you know, like Allison and Karen. They were there, and they they certainly went through the field, and um, those guys they didn't feel so bad because they know that a lot of other guys have lost to those girls. The men who lost to Sarah Rousey, <laughs> because Sarah is relatively new, you know, um, that that was a bit more of a blow than their egos could take. But uh, no one was rude. Everybody took it well. Uh, they went off and uh, grumbled in the hall themselves. And uh, I can tell you that, that Sarah Rousey's got game. I always love the guys who... Uh... You know, they draw a girl in the tournament, and they're talking to their buddies saying, yeah, yeah, I got an easy one. I got uh, some girl. After it's over, they're saying, yeah, a girl shouldn't be allowed to play in this tournament. I know, I know. Why Why, is, why are girls allowed in this tournament? Isn't this a men's tournament? <laughs> yeah, we always do that. Well, there was one other big event, and neither of us were there. Took a break after competing with each other uh, with uh, streaming. There was the U.S. Bar Table Championship. And while they drew uh, a, lar- a fair amount of big names, it was Glenn Atwell, who's a, you know, a regional West Coast player, who really showed his stuff on the bar table this time. Yeah, now he came in, his, his total finishes were first, there were three events, nine ball, eight ball, ten ball, right? Uh, ten ball, and- nine ball, eight ball. Glenn was pretty amazing that week. He had a, a first and, and, and two seconds in the three events. So, I mean, he was definitely the man to beat. Uh, Darren Appleton uh, won one of the events. He had a great week, came in second in another one of the events. So um, those two guys really pretty much dominated that bar table scene out there. Yeah, uh, Darren won the 10 ball, you know, right off the bat, and he played Glenn in the finals. I... I mean, let's let's be honest. You had to pick Darren to win that match. I mean, he's the world ten ball champion, and he proved last year in Vegas that he can make his way around a bar table pretty easily. Um, in the nine ball, Glenn came out of the one loss side to play mm-hmm. Darren again in the finals, and I kind of figured, okay, well, that's nice. That's a good story. Glenn's going to get second in both events. Instead, he double dips Darren in the finals to win the event. And then he goes on to play Stevie Moore, and while he lost to Stevie Moore in the eight ball, to make your way into three finals, when you consider that the the fields were close to 100 in the first two events and well over 100 in the eight ball, I mean, that's a pretty amazing feat. It really is. Um, I mean, there's no way that luck had much to do with that. That was was just pool play and skill that, that brought him up through those brackets. And, uh, you know, we talked about Nicole Keeney and how she kind of faded there on the second day of the regional tour championship. Glenn had to make his way through a number of one-loss side matches in the nine-ball division, and I kind of figured that that was really going to have its, you know, it was going to take its toll on him having to play um, Darren twice in the finals. But but Glenn made it through on, on heart and skill and... 
you know, he's got everything to be proud of after what he did at that event. Um, real quickly, speaking about Darren Appleton, I just noticed on his Facebook page late last night that he has a challenge match coming up in May with Dennis Hatch. They're supposed to play uh, a race to a 110 ball. I had heard through the grapevine that there might be a little bit of weight involved, but uh, I didn't see anything about weight this time. I mean, I know that Darren is, is the 10 ball specialist, so to speak, but Hatch has a strong enough game not to need weight. And I, I don't know what whether, you know, after they're done, they're going to get in a cage and beat each other up or not. I, I didn't see anything about that. <laughs> well, I've seen those two guys stand next to each other, and Darren doesn't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to do that. What else you got for us this week? Um, you know, we've got we've got Valley Forge coming up, so that's going to be exciting. There's the men's pro event there. I understand there will be a women's eight-player tournament like there was last year, and that will just be uh, made up of the WPBA players who are there with booths. Allison, Kelly, uh, Megan, I think Sarah Rousey will be there. Uh, but that'll be fun. I mean, there's there's the artistic pool event. There's There are so many things going on at the Super Billiards Expo um, for the fans to watch. So even if you're not playing and you're not going to buy things, there's still so much pool to watch, and we'll be there streaming the, the men's pro event. It, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, if you can't be there, just tune in to AZB-TV. At least you can watch the tournament. So that's pretty much what we've got coming up. Uh, should we get to our guests? Well, we might as well. Whose number would you like me to dial first? Well, let's see if Blair's available. He's not the kind of guy I want to leave waiting. Boy, that's the truth. Hang on a second. Blair, are you there? I'm here, guys. Hey, all right. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Thanks, Mike and Jerry. I appreciate you guys having me on the show. It's been a, been a long uh, time. I wrote you guys four years ago, and Mike said, yeah, I'd love to be able to uh, to cover your event, and uh, here, here we are four years later, so thank you. <laughs> Well, for those of you who do not know, Blair is the man who invented the concept of pool, poker, and pain. And we're going to let Blair explain exactly what that is and how it works. Blair, can you give us a rundown on what pool, poker, and pain consist of? Sure. Uh, pool, poker, and pain uh, started off as a challenge match four years ago uh, to play a high uh, a high-dollar um, set of seven-ball uh, race of seven for 10000 and then right after that, climb in a cage called the Circle of Truth and fight for the same amount of money, extreme fighting rules. Since then, uh, I added poker, and I, it was called the Ultimate Billiard Extreme Challenge at first, and I added poker and renamed it Pool, Poker, and Pain. I um, now have over 30 contestants. Uh, there's been 12, 12 stories written about it, and really just trying to give the pool world uh, the first true reality show exposing high stakes uh, gambling and branding it, uh, adding poker and cage fighting. So just kind of, you know, it's been, a, it's been a long process, but I'm very close now. So I just really wanted to share it with the pool world and give them an update on, uh, on the progression of pool poker and pain. Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to assume that these contestants, come from these three various fields, that you've got some mixed martial artist guys who are interested, you've got some poker players who are interested, and you have some pool players who are interested. When I, when I start thinking about pool players, I come up with a very short list of people who would get into a mixed martial arts ring uh, in, in, in any kind of serious manner. Um, the only one I can really come up with 
is uh, Dennis Hatch. Uh, can can you give us a clue as to who else from the pool world would 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 get into that mixed martial arts ring with someone like yourself? Oh, sure. You know, the good thing is, is these you know the majority of uh, my contestants they are pool players. You have to be able to fireball in the hole, and you've got to be able to uh, fight or have fought or uh, you know want one learn how to fight. These are all, um, you know, young guys that are, um, have took karate or they've street fought or they wrestled in high school and there is a toughness to them. And a lot of people say, well, where are you going to get these guys that, you know, that play pool and fight? And I always knew that I could get them. And in my travels in the hustle bus that I had, um, as I was going from city to city filming high stakes gambling, I was always recruiting that city's tough guys. And then, um, you know, the health of the pool world. I want to thank uh, Thorsten Holman and Ralph Souquet just recently um, got me two all-star contestants. Um, you know, I have Tony Crosby. He doesn't have a whole lot of fighting experience, but he has fought before. And the good thing is, is I'm bringing in world-class coaches. We're not saying we're the toughest fighters in the world. I'm saying there's a new breed of athlete, one that's multi-talented. And you got to be able to fire balls in the hole. I can't have these big... Um, UFC cage fighters that are missing balls in front of the hole. Yeah, they fight. That's what they do. But what makes this show um, exciting is it's going to be the real first true pool reality show that's going to expose what we do, which there is a fascination to to pool, uh, high-stakes pool. And uh, we're going to be being trained by, by the best coaches in the world. I have Rodney Morris as the pool coach. Um, I have Hunter Lombardo as the assistant pool coach. Um, I'm going after high-profile uh, mixed martial arts coach. I've had uh, conversations with Ken Couture, Randy Couture's wife. So I'm going after the, the cream of the crop for the coaches. I'm looking at Doyle Bunsen or Daniel Negrano um, to coach us. We're going to be living in a mansion for five weeks, being trained by the best coaches in the world, filming all the drama and uh, challenge matches. I'll have all kind of crazy competitions, like the first day there in the mansion, we'll do a five-mile run. The winner gets 500. Uh, this is going to be a gambling show. We're going to show different styles of gambling from people that will go all in and people that are a little more conservative in the gambling. And it's going to be the progression leading up to all these challenge matches to where the first two guys will play seven ball. It'll either be a race to five or a race to seven, straight from the pool table to the poker table in a quick format, straight from the poker table to the cage. Let's say somebody loses the first two, um, the pool and the poker, well, they could go into the, into the cage fight by doubling the bet, and that's the name of my clothing line. So I'll be able to brand my clothing line right out of the gate, which is going to be a big a big part of uh, pool poker and pain. It's called double the bet, and the hustle bus has been a been a big uh, a big attraction. As I was traveling in the hustle bus, I was recruiting and just really just living my dream, having fun. I've been playing high stakes pool and fighting my whole life. Dennis is definitely uh, you know. Uh, the ultimate challenge. We know how you know how good he plays. He's been winning everything. He's probably one of the most dangerous players um, out there. And we know he's big, rough, and tough. So uh, it just seems to make sense. I'm not trying to pick on pool players that that don't have a lot of fighting experience. I'll I'll fight the toughest guys in pool, starting with Dennis. Um, and I do have a lot of tough guys. A lot of people think that pool players aren't tough. Well, if you piss them off enough or stiff them, believe me, they will fight. Um, you know, I have Jesse Piercy from London, Canada. Um, uh, wild little scooter. Everybody knows he'll he'll fight. Uh, you know he won the action award this year. Uh, Danny Smith, which was a hockey player and been doing some some street fighting. That's a street fighting the answer. But um, when you're winning someone's money, you sometimes and you're and 
they, you beat them in front of their girlfriend or you beat them in front of their friends, um, they get out of line as we can, you know, we call it woofing, but some people take it, take it a little far. So, um, I'm going to promote grudge matches, uh, a couple of grudge matches that I'm going to be, uh, be promoting amongst pool players. So it's just, uh, it's been a long process and Simone has just came on board and, uh, gave me a lot of credibility and I have a company called the Investor Resource Alliance, which is actually packaging up and presenting, um, pool poker and paying to their group group of investors and really just uh, looking to continue to be aggressive and push pool poker and pain until I, until I get what I need. Blair, um, as a, as a fan on the side of, of MMA and, you know, MMA fans have seen a number of organizations come on the scene and, and they try to challenge what the UFC is doing and they quickly run into problems and, and run themselves out of business. Um, I mean, do you worry about that sort of thing with this project? No, not at all. Reason being is these are all companies that, uh, you know, the UFC is the cream of the crop. There's, you know, there's no question about that. Uh, just for the pool players, uh, to give them a little update, I was an applicant on season number one of Want to Be an Ultimate Fighter. That's what really saved uh, the Ultimate Fighting Championship was um, the, the birth of that reality show. So uh, since then, I've kind of created my own show, and because uh, they're all dealing with uh, networks that are that are probably robbing them. So I don't care about a network. I'm going to take this to the web. I'll hire a marketing company that has um, international um, reach to where I'll get to Asia, I'll get to Europe, and do a huge marketing campaign through U.S., Asia, and Europe. I'll give these episodes away for five five weeks in a row. This is a five five week uh, reality show. So every on Sunday, after everything uh, we did for the whole week, I'll have my production crew edit this, uh, add graphics and music, and then I'll give it away on the web for five weeks, reaching my fan base. And then at the end of the five weeks uh, of doing that, and then having all my contestants having um, MySpace and Facebook and LinkedIn and everybody just really just doing their part, this is going to infusion um, I'll be, you know, getting to the poker world, getting to the MMA world, and we know pool uh, is starving for a show, so I believe that uh, all the contestants are going to have their own entourage. So this is going to um, really just infusion, and I'm going to take it to the web and be my own pay-per-view at the at the end of the five weeks. I already have a fan base, and uh, they'll be wanting to see who 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 is the toughest pool player. Let's, I'm going to bring 20 guys to the house, and uh, the first week I'm going to match everybody up around right around the same weight, so they're going to know who they're fighting. So I'll have 10 winners in season number one. I know a lot of people say, well, you got to have one ultimate winner, and no disrespect to my other contestants, but a lot of these guys aren't looking to fight me and Dennis. Me and Dennis will be the super fight, so maybe I might do a uh, a tournament. I'm figuring out all the weights, and I'm aggressively just really piecing it together, the final pieces uh, you know, of the puzzle. And I launched the website around three months ago. I've been adding to it. I had uh, Johnny DeToro, which runs the Florida 10-ball tour down there, kind of like my stepdad pool. I grew up in Key Largo. He grew up in Miami. So he'll be the be the referee. And uh, I'm just need to get my poker coach, my MMA coach. I have uh, interviews with 10 uh, of the top MMA gyms in Las Vegas coming up in the next 30 days, so I'll fly out there. I'll film this whole um, deal going to Las Vegas from getting off the plane to going to the gyms to meeting the poker players, meeting the, um, the MMA uh, coaches. And then I'm going to uh, go with a realtor and look at 10 mansions. So I'll pick one mansion as, I'm, as the IRA funding network is uh, packaging this up. 
I'll, it'll be perfect timing. I'll come with the last final pieces of this puzzle, which are uh, all my coaches, a mansion, uh, and a gym, and basically I just need a venue then. So this is going to be very uh, exciting and enticing to investors. I mean, we know the world's in trouble right now with the recession, but the entertainment world's up 30%. UFC is going off the charts. And the way I promote this show is how could pool poker and pain be wrong when it's when we're tapping into three of the hottest sports on the planet? So that's why I've uh, continued uh, working for four years. I have over 300,000 invested in this show. I have 12 stories, um, pilot films and podcasts. And, uh, you know, I want to thank the pool world. They've been very patient. I know on AZ Billiards and uh, some of the other blogs, people are, you know, they love pool poker and pain. And other people say, well, it's bad for the industry and uh, it's going to give pool a black guy. But, you know, let's face it, pool needs a heart transplant. And uh, the people that believe in it, they'll watch it and support it. And the people that don't, then, uh, you know, then don't. So that's all. It's all good. Well, <clears throat> talking about the online pay-per-view um, style of doing things, I mean, there are groups, the Action Report being one of them, that, uh, you know, they've done some some pretty high-interest challenge matches, but when it comes to pay-per-view, they're finding out that pool players just aren't really interested in paying money to see something like that. Do you see what you're doing as being different than that? Absolutely. You know, I respect everybody that's doing everything for pool and promoting it in their own way. And, you know, this is the way that I kind of think. If Willie was to come back and play Efren a set right now for for a million dollars, we know that that would get all kind of uh, interest in the pool world. People would be talking about it uh, in pool world, and people would watch that. And the way that I believe is how hot MMA and poker is right now, that pool poker and pain is going to spot any challenge match of what, whoever's playing the six out in the breaks because of their fascination with this cage fighting. It is taking the world by storm. And I believe the pool players and, uh, you know, people that love pool will from, I'm going to attack the APA, the BCA, uh, Valley, all the leagues. So the league players, they're going to want to watch it. Uh, you know, the UFC isn't doing 60, $70 million every pay-per-view because people aren't watching it. It's, uh, girls are watching it. Old ladies are watching it. It's, it's a fascination. Three years ago, I took uh, Diamond to the UFC fight after Mike Siegel beat Lori um, for that 150000 I bought four tickets when I first got to Vegas. I was trying to take Kevin Trudeau and his team, but well, as we know, uh, Kevin had his own agenda. So I ended up taking Mark Griffin and uh, a couple of his Diamond guys, and we're sitting there, and you know, a crowd of 15,000 people watching this. So uh, by having poker and MMA, I think it's only going to help help bring bring pool in um, and it, you know it's going to come down to a huge marketing campaign the action reports only only marketing to pool players because you know that's what that, that's what they do that's what they like to watch but with a combination of the of, of these three sports um, I believe I could have a record-breaking pay-per-view and let's say I didn't I would DVD this up and then I'll sell hundreds of thousands of copies worldwide uh, I'm glad it's taken four years because I've I've learned so much over that four-year period on how to market this and how to uh, how to make the show successful and the team that I put together. I'm very proud of this team from uh, you know Rachel Bank. Everyone knows that Rachel and I have traveled around for the last couple of years, uh, filming, gambling, promoting, and Jerry Tarantola and uh, Inside Pool and and Simonis and Diamond just uh, approved me for 20 tables. I'm looking to open up a pool room here in the next several months. So. 
uh, you know, the support of the pool world and you guys. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I can't, I can't do this by myself and I do need, I do need some help and that's why I'm reaching out to the pool world, uh, because that's my main world. The fighting is second and the poker, uh, the poker, that's where the coaches are going to come in. The coaches are going to bring a lot of credibility to this show. Do you have a, t- a target in mind uh, as to when you will actually start um, the production filming of the uh, the actual events and the, and the mansion work and all that? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put all these pieces together, the last final pieces, ex- uh, except for the venue. And uh, the, the Investors Resource Alliance, they are packaging us up as we speak. We're on the, the second rough draft, uh, and then it goes to the to the Harvard business guys to do the numbers uh, in the show. And I'm asking for a lot of money. I need a lot of money. For one, these pool players, they are going to make a great payday with me uh, and all the perks that they get. Um, so basically it just boils down to connecting the last pieces of the puzzle, uh, which is the coaches, the gym, uh, the mansion. And if I could get a venue immediately, I would obviously go after that. Um, Charlie Williams and Mark Griffin have showed a little interest in May um, to have it there at the Riviera, but I think I'm going to go after my own casino and get my own perks. Uh, those guys are awesome, but um, I think I'm going to be my own promoter. Uh, you never bring two roosters in one hen house. <laughs> <laughs> Blair, I tell you what, it's obviously a very fascinating concept, and it's, it's going to capture a lot of people's imagination. And we thank you very much for sharing it with us, and, and we wish you all the luck in the world. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. Tell us, do you have a website where interested parties can get in touch with you? Absolutely. You go to Pool Poker and you got to spell and out a and d pain dot com, and uh, that'll give you give you a bunch of information. I'll be adding uh, contestants on there uh, in the next thirty days. I'll have a complete website, a complete package, and looking to just really um, shock the sports game and entertainment world and and give Pool their first true reality show by sharing what we do there is a fascination with i don't call it pool hustling i call it high stakes pool because i don't want to win someone's money that can't play i want to play good players and all my guys can play uh these are all pool players i really don't have any poker players they're pool players that fight that have played poker so um, i'm really proud to say that everyone that i have they are they are pool players and i have some some fighters that um do have a lot of credibility jesse Piercy. i think the i think the pool world is going to be really surprised on uh on the training and how how fast these guys become good fighters because this all boils down to conditioning and heart. And I'm bringing 20 guys to the house because I believe uh, some guys will maybe quit or, or get hurt. This is going to be like a military-style operation where we're going to get, you know, six, eight hours sleep a night. The rest is going to be filming, crazy competitions, and uh, really just just making this uh, making this show exciting. So it's pool, poolpokerandpain.com. That's great. Blair, thank you very much. Uh, wish you luck. I'm sure we'll see you in a couple of weeks at uh, Valley Forge. And uh, until then, best of luck to you, and thanks again. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I'd like to thank all my sponsors and friends and family that's helped me get there. And, you know, it's uh, it's been a rough road, but uh, we're getting there. So thank you, AC Billiards. Thanks, thanks, Mike and Jerry. I appreciate it. See you later, no Blair. No problem. All right. Bye, guys. Well, it sounds like uh, Blair Thane's a man with a plan, and you know, if they could change the rules a little bit, I might be interested in that that competition. I mean, just that just that, the only thing they need to do is in that last competition make Glocks legal. <laughs> uh, no more challenge matches between you and I. 
<laughs> hey, enough with that. We've got a fantastic guest waiting for us on the other line, and I can't wait to get to her. Well, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we've got some great guests for you. We've got Dawn Hopkins on the line. We want to check in with Dawn and get up to speed on the WPBA. Dawn, how are you today? Hey, great, Jerry. How are you doing? Can't complain. Can't complain at all. Got Mike here with me, of course. And Mike, why don't you hey, lead Mike. us off? <laughs> hey, Don. Uh, well, first off, congratulations, the new president of the WPBA. Thank you. Thank you. It is such an honor to be chosen that for our organization. I really feel blessed. Hopefully I can do a good job. Well, as everyone knows, I, I also have a WPBA hat that I wear, so I can vouch for you doing a good job. Um, it seems like you, you were brought in kind of a rough period of time, you know, the, the economy the way it is and, and all the tours are struggling. Uh, everything okay on the WPBA front? Everything is great. You know, we, we all have struggles in the industry, not even just the industry, but the economy in general has, you know, given the country obviously some challenges. And the WPBA, of course, is not unscathed through that. So, but we, we have a great tour coming up just like ever, and we're going to have the events. Um, we have our sponsors are on board. Uh, everything looks great. We've got television, the same amount of hours as we have. So not much is changing for this year. We're very fortunate and um, looking forward to a really good season. Well, I mean, I, I've heard the talk, you know, the the rumors on the Internet and everyone talking about uh, possible changes. Uh, we're playing on Brunswick tables this year. We are. Brunswick is on board again for 2009. Um, we love Brunswick have been with us uh, forever since the beginning, and um, we definitely are happy to have them on board again. And now there's only five events on the schedule right now, but I assume that that will change? Well, we have five scheduled now, and we have a sixth one that is getting ready to be signed, and a seventh one is, you know, we're in the works for, for we've got a couple of options out there for a seventh one. So hopefully we'll end up with a good season, a full season this year. Um, and I, like I said, I don't think much is going to change for us this year, Mike. Um, it's, it's looking pretty good. So I feel fortunate that we can that we can do that in these rough times. You know, as a longtime fan of the WPBA, I, I take a a tree. I mean, excuse me, a forest versus tree view of it. And when I look at the WPBA now, what I'm seeing is a real charge coming up through the ranks from the young guard. And, I mean, I'm talking about people, of course, like Jasmine Ocean and Sarah Rousey and, and all the youngsters that are really coming on strong now. I'm, I'm wondering, how is the old guard reacting to this youth movement? Well, I don't know, because I'm one of those young guards, so you'll have to ask one of the old guards. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I want to be one of the young guards. Um, that's a great question, Jerry. Um, it, it, it's, you know, I feel, again, I'm just, I'm just so lucky. I'm still in the top 16, and like you said, with all those younger people, they're very serious. The game has definitely changed from when I first came on board. The players are much more serious. They've got coaches. They're out there playing all the time. And the game has just improved so much. So 
for those of us that have been around since almost the beginning, um, it, it keeps me challenged to my game. And I know that the other people that are out there that have been playing like Belinda and Ava and, you know, we've been out there for quite a while, um, they're still hanging in and it actually gives us a little bit of new energy to see all that. And um, so it's fun. It's fun to see them come on board. And I'm, I'm really happy to have them out there. Well, if I can follow up on that just with one minor question, something I don't understand, is to my knowledge in Europe, there is no organized women's tour. And yet we have a lot of awfully strong female players coming out of Europe. How in the world, without being under fire all the time, did they get so strong? Well, I mean, I'm not over there to see exactly what they do, but my guess is they are under fire. Um, they probably are playing against the men quite a bit, and um, they they have, like I said, they have coaches. Actually, they're one of the first people that I heard of that took the game so seriously that, you know, they've got coaches that actually travel with them across the world. And mm-hmm. um, so I think that they are very experienced. Um, like Guyung Kim, for example, she grew up in a pool room. Her dad owned a pool room, and uh, so she's played ever since she was a kid. And, and Yasmin is the same way. She's got her coach that travels with her. Um, so I, I do think that they they play a lot of pool, and they probably do have serious competition, and may, maybe more so with men, but competition is competition because, you know, it's you and the table. Um, Don, can we... Can we take a step back a little bit? I mean, the WPBA has been around for a, a mighty long time. Um, can you tell some of our listeners who may not be familiar, I mean, how did the whole thing get started? I know at one time the WPBA was working together with the men's tour, and then the WPBA broke off, and, and the men pretty much said, this will be the death of women's pool. I mean, how did that whole thing shake out? And then, as a follow-up question, why do you think the WPBA was able to be so successful when the odds might have been against it? Well, uh, now you're talking more about the beginning of the classic tour, not so much the WPBA, because the WPBA started way back, like, 75, um, and they weren't joined with the men at that time. So the classic tour began after the men and the women broke up. Um, And there were, you know, I was, I looked on both sides of the fence, uh, married to Alan at the time, he was the president of the PBTA, but also a WPBA player. So I kind of understood both sides. And um, I think probably it was the best thing that could have happened with the WPBA because uh, the, the, by doing, by doing the split with the men, the women gained the industry support heavily. And that, was what was able to move us forward because the industry was behind the WPBA and they wanted to see them succeed and they understood why they left the men. So I believe that the industry really were the ones that helped the WPBA to push forward um, because that's right when we had our, it was like a 10 tournament season. We had 10 or 12 tournaments. Um, They were not all televised. 
um, but they were strong events, and, and it gave us a real tour where prior to that, we were out there playing maybe three tournaments in a year, and that was kind of hard for us to keep our game up and, and go out there for just three tournaments a year. So, and because that answer was so long, Mike, what was the second part to the question? <laughs> well, I'm just curious why you feel, and I think that you are in a a prime position to see both sides of the, the picture here, the, the men's pro game and the women's pro game. Why do you think the men's pro game has struggled as much as it has while the women have been successful? Well, I, I have my, my own opinion just from <laughs> what I've seen, and I don't want to say that this is definitely it, but from what I have seen and heard through conversations, been involved in conversations back then with the politics, I really believe that the men are just, they, like Jerry said, he looks at the forest and not the tree. And I believe the men look at the tree too often. They, they're trying to get that quick fix. And it's not about that. What the women did and still do is stick together. Even if we don't always agree with every decision that's being made, we're not pulling each other apart. We discuss it and we accept that it's a majority rule and um, we, we abide by our contracts. We tr- really try to work hard on our relationships with sponsors and things like that. And I think the men, they don't tend to do that. They, they were changing their mind on a lot of things, you know, breaking contracts, you know, kind of pounding their chest a little to ESPN, which lost them ESPN. And um, I think they really kind of shoot themselves in the foot all the time unfortunately. And I think if they had a little bit more of the organization and the stick to itness that the women have, I think they could have a great tour. Okay. Well, that seems fair. And that kind of goes hand in hand with, uh, with what Jerry and I have, have discussed in the past. And speaking of Jerry, I think he is, uh, he has been lost in the, the bad weather in Georgia. He, he called me the other day and said he had five mile an hour winds and he had no TV or internet. So, uh, it's just going to be you and I for the rest of this one. We've lost him on the call. Okay. <laughs> um, you mentioned that, that back when the tour first started, it was 10 tournaments and not all of them were televised. Now, I know that the WPBA is working on something along those lines now uh, with the satellite tour. Can you fill our listeners in a little bit as to what that is? Well, the satellite tour is... Um Basically, we're, we're trying to get a minimum of $10,000 added. Uh, they can be in pool rooms uh, or wherever, but just we're looking for 10000 added. And basically, we're trying to give the players more things to compete in just to kind of fill their schedule a little bit because it is tough with only, you know, five to seven or let's say we have our seven events this year. Um, it's still not really enough events to keep the player the players playing. We have our regional tour circuit, which is great, um, but even that is um, not quite enough. So I think the satellite tour will kind of excite the players to get out there and play a little bit more and, and sharpen up their game. Um, so if anybody out there knows a pool room that wants to put up 10,000 minimum um, and have a WPBA event and have some of the top players there, then certainly contact the WPBA. Now, this would be a WPBA event. Of course, there'd be no television. It would just be a local event. Um, 
there's going to be some sort of streaming at these events, I assume. Right. I think, um, aren't you guys are going to do the streaming probably. <laughs> See, now I was just trying to set up that softball pitch and, and there it went. But, and um, by the way, Mike, by the way, Mike, I have to say, I really appreciate what you and Jerry are doing for our, not just for the WPBA, but for the sport, because I know that you're involved in a lot of things besides the WPBA. Um, you've been helping out with the BEF and Jerry's been helping out with the WPA and um, that's just, it's really nice to see people who really care about the sport enough to put in some positive effort. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Uh, I appreciate the kind words. You mentioned the BEF. Uh, what's happening with the BEF right now? I am so excited. The BEF is, we're just getting ready to um, really push forward with our pool and school program. That's the main thing because the BEF is the organization that focuses on uh, youth programs through billiards. So we, we produce the junior nationals, which is going to be held in the summertime. Um, we're, we're finalizing plans on that right now, and we're going to be holding qualifiers. So if anybody wants to set up qualifiers, it's really easy to do. And uh, the kids that go there to the nationals also qualify from the nationals into the world championships for the juniors. We have scholarships and things like that that we give away. But the pool in school is really the, the, the program that I'm most excited about. Um, it, we have some pilot programs out there right now. And, uh, for example, in Texas, uh, Earl Munson has about 10 to 12 schools out there that he has after-school clubs. And so what he does is he'll teach them for like 10 or 12 weeks about how to play pool. And then at the end of that time, They'll form a team, and the teams play against each other. So he's got, you know, 10 or 12 schools playing against each other. And um, it's been very successful, and it, and it really gets kids involved. It increases the amount of play in the pool rooms. It increases the sales. But the thing that I really like about it the most, is, um, which I've learned through pool, are the life lesson type things that the kids are learning to, like patience and respect and dedication, confidence. There's really been some great stories about kids who have turned themselves around um, through pool, and uh, I just love it. And so we're going to try to get this program all around the country. Uh, we've got a plan. We've got a program director's guide that we produced. We have the curriculum guide all set. It's got from A to Z what you would teach, um, it's got, um, we've, we're starting a coaching program that'll be online soon where people can go in and take an online coaching uh, test and then they can become a level one uh, BEF approved coach and then go in into the pool rooms and teach the kids um, through this pool and school program. So it's, uh, it's very, very exciting. I think it'll help the sport of billiards a lot along with like I said, helping the kids to learn a lot about themselves. And if people want more information about that online, they can go to? They can go to billiardeducation.org. Okay. And while we're uh, giving people uh, places they can go online to get information like that, uh, you had mentioned that if people knew of a local room that might be interested in one of the satellite tours, uh, they can email you. What is the address? Um, they can email me at dawn at WPBA.com. And you can always go to the WPBA.com address, 
to, uh, or you can, like I said, go to billiardeducation.org because my email is there, and Laura Smith is the executive director, and her email is on there too, so you can always contact us through there. Well, Don, as always, it sounds like you're you're busy, just like everybody else in the industry. It seems like everyone with the Hopkins name is more busy than anybody else. Uh, you've got the Super Billiard Expo coming up in a week or so, and then there's really no downtime right after that. It's San Diego for the first WPBA event. Yeah, right. So for those of you that uh, have never been to the Expo, you should really visit it because it's a great show. It's a lot of fun. And that starts on Thursday and goes through Sunday of next week, the 19th to the 22nd. Um, there'll be the men pros will be there playing and some of the women pros, actually, there'll be eight women pros playing in a, in a competition. So you can go get your autographs. And then the BEF, the Billiard Education Foundation, is going to have a booth there. We're going to do some... Uh, prize giveaways and things, so make sure you stop by there and you can find out all about that pool and school program. And then, yes, I will be flying off to San Diego and hopefully I'll actually be able to uh, shoot with my cue stick by then And I get, <laughs> if I get some practice between now and then. And um, actually, that's going to be uh, the first event of the season and we have some... Uh, some video streaming that we're going to be doing. You can go to WPBA.com, and for free you can watch some of those matches. So we'll have those feature matches on the table. And uh, check that out, and it, there's no cost to that. So take advantage. All right. Well, Dawn, I appreciate you taking time out of your uh, busy day, and I'll let you get back to it. And I'm going to see if I can track down Jerry out in the wilds of Georgia. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for having me, Mike, and uh, good luck with you guys. All right. uh, Call me anytime. Okay. Thanks, Don. Um, Jerry, are you there? Uh, Yeah, I'm back now that you turned my mic back on. Nice trick there, buddy. You uh, get all the attention from the women all the time doing that. Well, a guy's got to do what a guy's got to do. I guess. And you know what? I guess that wraps up the show, unless you have something earth-shaking to offer. No, no, I'm all out of earth-shaking today. Okay. Hey, people, please do remember that we're brought to you due to the generosity of sponsors, and our sponsors are Tiger Products, Predator Cues, and Simonis Cloth. So please take care of those good folks. They do take care of us. Right now, that's it for another Runout Radio. We'll come back on just as soon as we have something else to talk about. Until then, I'm Jerry Forsyth from Mike Hamilton. Y'all be good now. Bye-bye.